Ain't no money like money. You know, it's like uh, like Nas said, man. You know Nas? No, I don't know who Nas is. Rapper out of NYC. What did he say? He said, Mo money, Mo problems. That was not, that was Biggie. No, that's not Nas and Biggie, yeah. They're the same? Yeah, it'd be like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. They're West Coast. Nas and Biggie was East Coast. I thought Mo Money and Mo Problems was Dr. I mean, no, it was Nas and Puff Daddy. Puff he Daddy. He did. I pity, anyway. He did he now. It's the finale. We're here. Week seven of our uh, uh, Healthy Leader series. Yeah. This has been our first series we've ever done. Yeah. Week after week after week. Let's do it and let's start this thing. You are. We're made for more, and hopefully the last several weeks has helped you. Hopefully you shared it. If you've missed any of them, go back and listen. Share them with your friends. Obviously, just as we've hit the last several weeks, the spiritual healthy leader is the foundation. All of these build on that one, so make sure you don't miss that one. But today, the financial healthy leader is crucial because, again— It's so crucial. Like what I was just saying, you know, Nas, mo money, <laughs> mo problems. I was thinking about some stupid stuff I've spent money on. Yeah. Um, I've bought some dumb stuff. First of all, I bought a bunch of crypto during the 2020 thing. Well, that hadn't done too well. No, so, the crypto. I, I never jumped on that. Oh, uh, yeah. I did the Dogecoin thing. I lost a lot of money in that. Yeah. Um, and everybody was like, don't do it. And I was like, no, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. Well, I'm further away from that goal for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I bought a lot of dumb stuff. I remember I used to buy and sell cars, to like flip cars, and I bought one. That didn't have an engine, wow. and they, and I said, how hard could it be to put an engine? Yeah, in? Put an I engine mean, like in. watch a YouTube video. Yeah. So I tried to do it. I couldn't figure it out. So I hired a guy who was a heavy, heavy alcoholic, and I had to pay <laughs> the guy in alcohol, like to fix my car, and he wouldn't do it. I I'd, I'd wake him up at one or two o'clock in the afternoon, and he'd be sleeping. And I'd just be like, dude, I need you to fix my car. He's like, well, if you run and go grab me a drink, I'll fix your car. Wow. And uh, I don't know if that's very good uh, pastoral. This is, yeah. this is way before Radiant, by yeah, the way. way before Radiant. Um, but anyway, I, I lost a lot of money on that Audi. It landed a lot of stress. Oh, wow. So, Dude, anyway. Yeah, you can't buy and sell cars, man. No, no, Especially no. Especially as a pastor. No, I'm out of that business. I'm out yeah. of that business. Now yeah. I'm just in the business of winning people for Jesus. That's my goal. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Let's money. talk about it. Yeah. So we talked about the fact that every one of these six areas um, you should measure yourself in. Well, how are you doing spiritually? How are you doing when it comes to your emotions? How are you doing physically? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing in just in every area of your life? And then it all comes down to this idea of uh, socially, we talked about that last week. And then it all comes down to this financial, like you have a lowest hole in your bucket and you need to figure out what it is and make it better. And what I found yeah. is a lot of young leaders, this is their fail yeah, because they are in a credit card Venmo world where you can swipe, you can never see cash, period. It doesn't like, feel like real money. It, it doesn't feel like real money. We're playing with Monopoly money. And then it's just like we're getting loans. Like I remember the student loan deal. I was getting my master's. It was the first time I got a loan because my parents helped me pay for school, which is a huge blessing. And then uh, whatever else I needed, I had jobs. So I paid for all my undergrad you know, in cash. Then I go get my my master's and I tried to, I had to get a loan. And I remember the company come back to me and said, Oh, we'll give you five thousand more than your loan. So I wrote them and I was like, but my student bills were only this amount. Wow. They're like, oh, well, you can use the money for whatever. Hey, man. I said, take that cash. Let's run with let's it. Let's go. 
you're never gonna have to pay that <laughs> yeah. back. You have to pay that yeah, back. They actually, that's the one thing, right? Yeah. So it, you got it. Money is not real to people today, and so yeah. more people are getting in more debt. They're they're swamped by this thing, and it really doesn't matter in your twenties. No, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like you can survive on lots of debt, lots of issues in your twenties. Yeah. It matters when you get in your thirties. You want to buy a house. You want to get married. You want to have kids. You want to step out in faith. You want to become a missionary. You want to become a pastor. You want to start a business. You can't. Yeah. When you have strapped yourself financially. So there ain't no pain like money pain. No, it's true. And so we're going to talk about this because you ain't been stressed like you've been money stressed. And I've been money stressed before. And it's painful. it's true. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think it's one of those things, even on the other side of money, not even just personal finance, uh, but for pastors that are listening, you never want to be the pastor who is getting up on Sunday morning or in a service in the hopes that like, you make a certain amount of offering that oh week. Oh, my you know, gosh. It's, like, it's so weird. So a lot of this even applies to how you steward your your church finances. It's like financially healthy leader as a person, as a leader, but also for your organization, which usually translates into you know how we lead personally is usually how we lead professionally. That is very true. And the way God describes it throughout the scripture is this idea of stewardship and stewardship is the idea of you're taking care of somebody else's stuff yeah and when i look at the church when i look at your business when i look at my the finances in my account all of it belongs to the lord he owns it all Mm. so when you look at this and going my job is to steward something that is god's i gotta treat it better yeah um we we went on a trip and took our kids to go skiing. Yeah. And so we stayed for three days at one of our board members' houses. Mm-hmm. And I've never been more stressed out staying at a house before in my life <laughs> because I've got three of my kids staying in this house that's unbelievable, which ha- by- happened to be, by the way, totally renovated right before we got there. Which was, yeah, it was a beautiful space. Yes. Beautiful space. Yeah. And all I could think about the entire time is my kids are going to destroy this place. <laughs> They're going to destroy it. Yeah. We're going to leave our mark on this place. And I'm stressed out the whole time. And now I don't think you should live stressed all the time, but you should live with that kind of weight of, am I taking care of somebody else's stuff? Well, and that somebody else's God's stuff. Well, wow. stewardship really matters. And how you steward church finances matters so much. I grew up in a church who we were always asking for money, Mm. always. uh, And it was so wild because the church had so much money, but they didn't handle it well. And the church got massive debt, massive free fall, all these issues. And I made a decision if, if, and during that time that I said, if God ever gives me a ministry, whether it's a nonprofit, a church, whatever it is, I'm going to steward those finances well. And praise God. God, yes. for what we have seen happen over the last almost 10 years at Radiant Church, we have seen financial growth every single year, margin every single year. Um, and I think it shows people people love to be part of the church because we're never begging. Yeah, no, for sure. So, Well, I know, I know we have uh, uh, some, some good points. Yes. I know you're a preacher, so you have some points on wherever someone is at financially, um, but especially for those that are listening that are maybe getting started. Yes. Okay. I'm going to give you some of my guardrails that I put up in my life that will just help you with stewardship. And I think this stuff will help you. And so it's choices that you need to make. And so let me give you, uh, there are four choices that I think you should make as a good steward and they're crucial for your life. And the first one is that you got to choose hustle over hoping. That's really good. Uh, there's a world that just hopes. I yeah. hope one day I'm going to win the lottery. I hope I'm going to have a hot, nice house. I hope the business is going to grow. And I'm telling you, 
you got to have some hustle behind it. I call it Snow White work ethic. Y'all know what Snow White work ethic? Remember mm. how she's standing at the wishing well and she goes, I'm wishing, I'm wishing <laughs> for the one I love to find me, to find me today. And that was that's her life, you know, just standing there wishing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what people do with their life. It's I'm wishing, I'm wishing for a new car to find mm. me, to find me <laughs> in my garage. Like, yeah. it's stupid. Yeah. It doesn't work. So move from wishing to working i'm moving from hoping to hustling like i am not just a dreamer i'm a doer and you've got to get to that place of going i'm going to get some effort behind it i always tell our church the difference between those who do something and those who don't do something is that those who do something do something i know that's like it's like it's it's revolutionary it's revolutionary but the reality is is so many people just are, are in this world going I just, yeah. I wish it would come to you. I, I have pastors tell me all the time, like, man, I wish we could do what you guys have done. I'm like, you can. I am not that gifted. I'm not that talented. I am barely a C student growing up. Like, mm. I'm an average preacher. Yeah. But I'll tell You're you. You're a great preacher. Yeah. Well, thank you. I roll up my sleeves and I work yeah, hard. Work hard. And some days it's long hours. Yeah. It's early mornings. It's late nights. But yeah, you it gotta works. put the reps in. Yeah, put the reps in. Yeah, it's like he. Yeah, so it's it's just important. Now I'm all about rhythms. I'm all about rest. Take a day off. But I find it interesting, by the way, that the Sabbath thing sometimes bothers me. Mm-hmm. I, I love. I, I'm I'm all about the Sabbath. But can I just tell you, the Sabbath is. It, the Bible says it very clearly in Exodus: you work six days and you take a Sabbath. Yes. Like yeah. this three day work day, three day work week. I'm gonna come in at ten. I'm gonna check clock out at two, and <laughs> oh, I need a Sabbath on the yeah. weekend. I'm like, work six full days and you get a yeah. Sabbath. Well, and I know, um, and I'd love to hear you expound on some of this because we have some guys that aren't aren't believers, but they've really challenged. I hopefully we. I'm not saying we subscribe to the Elon Musk to the to yeah. the Bezos, but. Um, Looking, I mean, it's challenging. It's uh, in a previous episode, you talked about apologetics of like some of some other faiths that really yep. like knew their stuff. So uh, Christians, not now, we should have a Sabbath yep. after we work. But I feel like we're being challenged by worldly leaders outperforming us. Now, are they unhealthy to some degree? Um, maybe there's some unhealthy. Of like, course, they are yes. in a lot of areas. But there, no uh, unbeliever should ever outwork a Christian mm. because what we're doing matters more it's than so what they're good. doing. So we are not building a bottom line. We are not building some company. We are not trying to build profit for shareholders. Yeah. We are filling heaven, yeah. emptying hell. That's so good. It matters. Yeah. And um, I, I, I just think we get so into daydream world. Yeah. And here's the reality. You know, success will come, but many times it comes and it looks like hard work. Yeah. And you got to roll up your sleeves. You got to get it yeah. together. And I actually did a whole session to our staff a few weeks ago. We're in one of the greatest seasons of growth we've ever seen in our church. Greatest seasons of life change ever. And I felt like the Lord was challenging me to challenge the staff. We need to we need to make sure we don't take advantage of the wave and coast. That's so good. But we got to work hard. Yeah. So because we're gonna we're gonna work hard. Now let me apply this to finance. Finance in this is we're not gonna hope to get out of debt. Yeah. We're gonna work to get out of debt. 
We're not going to hope to get a raise. We're going to work and be the best employee in our job. We're going to do what we can do to make sure that we do our part. Um, if we do our part, God is sure to do his part. Yes. But but I'm telling you, success happens after really hard work. It does. And just to make some real practical application for those, mm-hmm. uh, especially church leaders that are younger, I mean, you, age is irrelevant, but especially those of you that are younger and in debt. So specifically, yep. if you're a, a young church leader, you're an intern, or you're in your first staff position, you're single, you don't have any kids, if you have debt, and I know I'm making a gregarious statement here of like, at the at the risk of sounding like an, an old guy, an aging guy. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Yes, but if you are single with no kids and you're in debt and and you don't have at least two jobs, then what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, I I mean, I worked, uh, and again, I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, back in I my know. day. I was but- walking up the snow <laughs> both ways. I'm like, you, you lived even, in Florida. Never even seen snow. Um, but it's true. Like, it's yep. like, I'm in debt. I'm single with no kids. You can find me at the local coffee shop at really any time of the day. Uh, and <laughs> coffee or buying food yep. or buying shoes or whatever. Um, man, like, work. Like, just get after it. It is remarkable when I look back on my life and when I look back on people like you and stuff, I'm like, during those early days, I mean, even into one or two kids, I mean, we're hustling Mm -hmm. this thing. Yeah. Like hard, the principle of work is not a product of the fall. I want you to hear that. Like (laughs) people think like, oh, I have to have a job because of Adam's sin. Adam had a job before the fall. Wow. So work is not a product of the fall. So you might think your boss is, but your job is not. So you've got to recognize that work is something. It's actually biblical that even when we get to heaven, we're going to be given jobs. You might yeah. not know that, but it's actually seen. Like throughout eternity, we're going to be given responsibility and jobs wow. throughout heaven. It's awesome because we're created to contribute. So You've got to keep this as part of your life. I mm. challenge all of our, especially our young um, leaders who are, you know, have got college debt or credit card debt. Yeah. I'm like, go work at, go work late at night. Go yeah. pick up a side gig. Go deliver Uber Eats. Take that money. Yes. Um, hustle your way in those seasons because life is only going to get busier. Yes. And it's only harder um, the, the older you get. So do it now. Yes. And, um, and, and so here's your action item. Your action item is work hard. Work hard. Work hard. Bible says all hard work brings profit. That's Proverbs 14, 23. How much of it brings profit? All. So you can have profit in your life. You just got to work hard and uh, make it happen in your life. So yeah. you want a promotion? Don't, don't out hope them, out hustle them. Yes. Hustle your way into that. Your boss will notice, people notice, and you'll get paid more. You'll become a valuable part of your company. You'll get paid more, and you'll get yourself in a good financial situation. Yes, and and not to harp on this, but I know we're in our current society, the quiet quitting, uh, quitting, the uh, people moving jobs more randomly and and kind of having all these demands even at an entry-level position. So if you're a young leader, like become promotable. Very good. Don't work after you're promoted. Um, yes. And I think that's the thing. It's like the entitlement issue is, um, and again, we're all susceptible to entitlement, right? Uh, but it, I think it's a big issue that we've got to get over. Like we're we're not entitled to this. Like we've got to we've got to work hard. So 
We have to work hard. And every job, I'm telling you, God gave me a grace for my jobs. I remember every job, I loved my jobs. My wife laughs at me all the time. She's like, that's a Burke thing. She's like, you always loved your jobs. I mean, I was a, I was a banquet worker, you know, f- doing all the table and bus work. And I loved my jobs. I had a grace for it. And I just felt like it was worship unto the Lord when I worked in such a way that I'm not working for an earthly master. I'm working for the Lord. I'm going to hustle. And by the way, guess who got promoted? By the way, guess who got the best shifts working at Sonny's Barbecue? I worked there. When I did my best, God blessed me. So choose hustle over hoping. Here's your second one. Choose a plan over passion. That's good. Now, we so many times live by our passions. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why did you make that financial decision? And they always say the same thing. Felt good. Yeah. It was a fun thing. Like, you bought those shoes. It felt good. Mm. You know, I went on that trip. It felt good. Um, Why'd you buy that boat? Oh, it felt good. Why why were you hanging out with your friends going on another weekend trip when you're trying to pay off debt? Well, it felt good. I wanted to have a good time. Make solid decisions that are based on a plan over passions. Yeah. Um, one of one of my mentors says, you always make decisions based off principle, not pressure. That's really What a good. great phrase right there. Wow. So I'm not going to live by the pressure of like, oh man, I, my friends are obligating me or I'm pressured based off of what the world is saying. No, I, I have a principle. I have a plan and I'm going to live by that plan. That's so good. And I think the idea that um, we are moved so to and fro because, you know, in past episodes, what we talked about, information overload, all the things, uh, so much of this yep. builds on each other throughout yep. this entire season is that we will, and again, maybe this is some personalities are more susceptible to this than others, but even those that make a plan can easily be derailed by a friend like, hey, come on, man. Like, of course we're going to. Um, I'm telling you, you would yeah. <laughs> get out of debt if you'd stop listening to all your friends yeah. trying to get you to hang out. Which, yes. by the way, most of those friends that are trying to get you to hang out are all broke. Yes. Can I just be honest yeah. with you? Like, they're all broke anyway, and they're trying uh-huh. to keep you broke also. So uh, don't make passion purchases, make planned purchases. That's so good. So I used to put a principle in place. I mean, especially when like I was early days, youth pastor, uh, broke as a joke. But I would make a decision like, oh, if it's over a certain amount, I'm going to wait a day. Yeah. If it's over 100 bucks, I'm going to wait a day. If it's over $1,000, I'm going to wait a week or two. If it's over $5,000, if I'm going to buy a car or buy, you know, some major expense, then I'm going to wait a month. I'm going to, I'm going to wait on it. And it's shocking how many of your decisions you stop spending the money because no longer is it a passion. And you're going, oh, I didn't really need that thing in the first place. Because okay. haven't we all had that moment? where we bought it and you thought you had to have it. And as soon as you bought it, you were like, dang it. I just blew it. Yes. And we've got to make planned decisions and planned purchases instead of passion ones. And just while we're on plan over passion, um, talking to our church leaders for a minute, uh, because I've met a lot of pastors that are now in their late 30s, 40s, approaching their 50s, maybe even into their their later years. They haven't planned. Uh, Nope. And there's no retirement. They've got kids. They've got college coming up, all of that. What, what would you say to those guys? Um, are you people- are, let me tell you, you are, you are unbelievably doing a disservice to your future by not planning right now. Compound interest is the best friend of the wise. It is the worst enemy of the, un, of the, of the non-diligent. So compound interest is the best friend of the wise because you will start at an early age 
and you'll start investing that $20 a month into your retirement account, and that'll end up being millions of dollars if you do it early. If you start investing that $20 a month when you're 45, you're not going to have any retirement. Mm. So I'm challenging you right now, like be a person that is wise. A foolish person has actually compound interest is their greatest enemy because what they end up doing, they get in credit card debt, and what happens is, is you end up, and we'll talk about debt in just a second, you end up buying a couch that you thought would cost you $3,000 and it ended up costing you $8,000 because yeah. of interest. So here's your action item. I told you there's going to be an action item for each one. Here's your action item for this. is just get on a budget. Get on a budget. A budget is not a dirty word. I told our church this last week, I talked about stewardship. Budgets help make financial decisions without emotions. So when you make a budget, when you create a budget, you're actually telling your money where to go. Mm-hmm. And so I actually told him, I said, stop blaming the fact that you can't go out with your friends on money. Blame it on budget. Like, oh, I don't have money for that. Or I need to, you know, I don't want to be go out with you guys. Just blame it on budget. Doesn't let me go tonight. Well, who's budget? Budget's my budget. But budget said no. Mm. You know, uh, use budget as that solution to help you make wise financial decisions. If you don't know how to do that, get into a financial piece of university. Find a way to connect and get on a budget. Um, I use a 50, 30, 10, uh, I mean, 20 budget um, that is crucial for us. So uh, 20% is the the debt, elimination, savings, investing. Um, that's crucial. Uh, you got the 30% is all my wants, all my desires. Yeah. And then the 50% is all of my necessities. Now, I consider that that's my tithe. That's the first 10% goes to God. That's my housing, my transportation, my insurance. Break it into those categories. So I know how crucial it is that you spend it that way. But get on a budget. That is a great action item. And I think uh, get your church on a budget. Like Very good. Like church leaders, you know, it's like it's so easy, especially uh, as your church grows. Uh, for th- a lot of you listening, I know your churches are growing and there's high momentum. You're adding staff members. The more staff members you add, that is another person that is swiping that card. It is uh, That so is spending much. that money, that is sending that invoice. And so, again, personally, but also professionally, like, steward what God has given you. You have to make those decisions um, based off of a plan, and it has to be a budget. And that budget, especially for a church, let me just sit harp on this real quick, uh, because it will get out of hand. And what we have realized is it's the church grows, and, and we see this amazing growth and attendance and all this stuff. And what you don't see is the balloon growth of the finances when it comes to expenses. And if you're not careful, what happens is that expensive expense growth will end up killing all of the momentum in your church. Because hmm. now you think that you can afford it until eventually it's going to slow down. Something's going to happen in the economy. Something's going to happen. And you're going to have this overhead that tanks your organization. Yeah. Keep your overhead low. There's one crucial thing I learned from Church of the Highlands, Life Church, Elevation, the best churches in America, and it's all the same thing. Keep your overhead low. Why? Because you will feel that passion and just go swipe, 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 and you'll tank the organization. You've got to control spending. All right, let's go to the third one. You ready? Yep. The third one is you got to choose discipline over debt, and this is so hard because we want to just swipe, but if you're going to be financially healthy, you have got to learn how to choose discipline, to say no. And I know that's really hard, but you've got to say no to things that everybody is trying to buy, that everybody else thinks you should have. 
so that you can say yes to the greater plan and that God has for your life. So learn to say no. Yeah, you have to say no. And uh, there's one kind of funny quote that I love by Dave Ramsey. He's like, don't buy the car that you can't afford to impress someone at a red light that you'll never meet. That is so And obviously good. we're buying cars for other reasons. But the idea of like, but that's our culture. Yep. That is the modern Western world of 2023. We buy things that we don't need, that we can't afford to impress yep. people that we don't even know. Yep. And I just think that it, it is a, it's not a cash flow problem. We actually are, you know, I know there's people losing their job with yep. uh, layoffs and everything else. But for the most part, I would say most people have the means of what they need. Yep. It's just, it's, they're in debt, they're overextended. And so dialing that in is crucial again, because God has a plan and yes. God wants to take you to the next level and financial issues will hold you back. Uh, the amount of, I personally have talked to missionary or people that wanted to go on the mission field, but because of their debt, they couldn't do it. Now, a lot of them cleaned yes. it up and they worked no, it out. I agree. Financial issues are actually hindering some people's call. When we went to ARC, we went to go get our uh, training through ARC before we launched the church. And uh, we sat down with with a couple. They did an assessment of our marriage. And the question they asked us is, how much debt do y'all have? Yeah. And we had, at that time, very little, if none. We were paying off uh, a student loan. That student loan I talked about earlier. Uh, we were paying that off. And I think we were, we were done paying it off. And they would not take on a couple who had too much debt. And I thought about that going, man, if we wouldn't have been diligent in the past, we would never have been able to do this. Wow. So two parts of this when it comes to debt is, first of all, if you don't have the cash in your account, don't swipe for it. And that's been a principle I live by. Like, I'm not going to swipe for it. I If I can't pay it off today, then don't buy it today. I'm a big proponent in credit cards. I know Dave Ramsey, if you listen to this, I know you're probably not too happy with me, but I love rewards. I love the the perks. perks I, yeah. love, I love it. I, I take advantage of all the programs. But I don't put it in, by the way, same with our church. Our church will never put someone on the credit card that we don't have the cash in the account to pay for it that day. So now that doesn't mean we have to pay for it that day, but we can. Yeah. That's a principle to live by. That's one thing. The second side, here's your action item, is eradicate debt. Be aggressive about eradicating debt from your life. The Bible is very clear. The rich rule over the poor the borrower is slave to the lender. So you are enslaved. You are controlled when you're under debt. And you're going, I'm not a slave to anybody. Yeah, you are. You're a slave to Toyota. You're a slave to MasterCard. You're a slave, a slave to Nordstrom. You got these credit cards out there. They're slaving your life, enslaving your life. So you've got to get out of it. Yeah. Romans tells us, let no debt remain outstanding. Like, so don't don't file chapter 13 or whatever it is and just, I'll, I'll erase all the debt and start over. No, be faithful now, be a man or woman of your word, pay it off, and radically eradicate debt from your life. It yeah. will change your life. Um, so I, I wrote out a list um, a while ago of some real practical things that people can do because you're like, well, I just don't have any money to pay off debt. Yes, you do. You have yeah. more money than you think you have because yeah, that Starbucks coffee is costing you some cash. So um, here's my top 10 list. I'll give it to you in a minute or less. Ready? Start cutting coupons like you can. Publix has a lot of them. Like you cut some coupons, find them online. Before you buy something online, always Google to figure out if there's a coupon. Uh, buy used clothing. This is great. There's consignment shops or thrift stores. Do that. Take a season to pull it back. 
Um, eliminate streaming services. You'd be shocked with the amount of streaming services. The average American right now, I read this the other day, has a hundred, spends $140 a month in streaming services. That's crazy. Everybody was all crazy a while ago, but like, I can't believe these people are spending $100 on their cable bill. We're going to cancel that. And we're going to go to streaming. Now they're yeah. spending more money on yeah, streaming. They are. So uh, eliminate streaming services. Eat at home. Oh, that's a big innovative idea. You'll yeah. save money eating at home. Uh, pack your lunch. That's a big deal. I know it's hard. It's not fun. Pack a sandwich. By the way, you'll get done eating that food, and you'll go, oh, I feel good. I ate this, and I saved money. So um, good, yeah. Cancel your fancy coffee, and yeah. it's not forever, but cancel it for a while yeah. while you're saving money. Sell your cat. You know, that's a joke. <laughs> I don't mean that. But, but, but you know, get rid of unnecessary things in your life. Order groceries online. Yes. Katie and I do this. We order groceries online, and uh, Walmart is amazing at this uh, because Walmart will deliver your groceries, and it keeps us from walking through the aisles and going, I got to have this, I got to have this, I got to have this. Uh, share a car. It's a big one. I tell people, I'm like, sell that car, pay off debt, share a car for a while. And here's the last one is get a side hustle. We already get talked a, about get that. A side one. Get a side hustle to work the debt out of your life. Why you want to give us a recap and then yeah, I'll give you the yeah, last sure. one. Yeah, so uh, big things we talked about for, for being a financially healthy leader, and that is that we are going to hustle over hoping you know the the snow white we're not going to wish we're going to have a plan over our passion yeah create a budget is the action item there uh what we just expounded on which was discipline over debt like get rid of the debt the debt is really uh it's a it's a it's a handcuff it's it's actually hindering it is what god's doing in your life and here's the last one is just choose generosity over greed that's good greed will grip our life and I'm telling you, you can tell someone's life that's just gripped with greed. And I'll tell you, they're not happy. No. There's no greater joy than being generous. Um, I was with someone the other day, and I, I said this statement. And I was like, I got to figure out how to coin this thing. And it's like, I have never regretted giving money away ever in my life. Wow. I've never regretted that's being good. generous. I've never regretted blessing somebody else or blessing God's kingdom ever in my life. Like there's very few things that I can sit there and go, I've never regretted that. That's one of them. And I'm telling you, you've got to realize as your life is blessed, and I'm telling you, you're going to be listening to Made for More. You're going to get lots of practical advice. Your business is going to go to the next level. Yeah. You're going to be prosperous. You're planted in the house of God, but and you get yourself on a budget. But when you are blessed, you got to ask yourself this question. And this is the question I ask myself all the time. What is the more for? What's the more for? That's really so. Good. Now, some of y'all, the more right now is to get out of debt. Yeah, I'm all about that. So you're still giving your tithe. You're still bless, uh, honoring God. But some of you can't be as generous as you want to be because you're strapped. Use the more to get out of debt. But once you're out of debt, ask yourself the question: What is the more for? The Bible yeah. says the person that is generous will prosper. Whoever refreshes others themselves will be refreshed. You want to see your life blessed? Use those finances to be a blessing to the world around you. And I'll tell you this, I, I'm I'm not, um, is it called batting 300? I don't know what, what's the yeah. top batting? I don't know. What uh, is yeah, but anyway, not sure. I'm not, I'm not perfect yet at this. Yeah. I'm not always hitting a bullseye. Can we say it that yeah, way? Yeah, bullseye. There you go. Um, but <laughs> I'm getting close that every time I get blessed financially with something that's outside of my normal pay, every time um, I'm getting to close, I'm probably seven out of 10 right now. I'll ask the Lord and go, what's this more for? Now, sometimes the more is for, hey, I want you to put in your kid's college education, or hey, I want you to go bless your spouse, or a vast majority of the time it is that person's in need. I'll show you. I'll show you someone who's hurting. Wow. And I'm telling you, 
I've never asked for a speaking engagement, an opportunity. I've never pursued anything like that in my life. And I've been more financially blessed in the last two months of my life than I've ever been in my entire life. Wow. And I think it's because every time I get financially blessed, I ask the Lord, What's the more for? What's the more for? That's a great and um and you can't ever outgive God. That's good. So as you continue to do that, and I just think it's it's crazy. God is as a really good God owns all resources, but he's also a good steward of all those resources. And he wants to bless the world. He wants to he wants to see his kingdom go throughout the world. And so he's looking for who's going to handle his finances well. Mm. And I think he's just sitting there going, who am I going to give this to that's going to actually be a blessing to the world around him? Very good. So be a person that you can handle the more. Now, I'm not against the boat. I'm not against buying a nice boat. Go get the beach house. Yeah. If that's what the more is for, great. Awesome. But just ask God. Yeah. And watch how he will direct your life and you can live a life that's a blessing. So your action item is just find ways to be a blessing to the world I around love you. That. Find your ways. It's really and good. you will be financially healthy when you take the more mm-hmm. and you use it for what it's really for, which is to be a blessing to the world around you. Amen. That's super great. That's our that's our topic today. So that's our challenge. Get financially healthy. Hey, next season. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. Yeah, and we we really appreciate you guys uh, joining us for this whole season of being uh, just the healthiest leader uh, that you could possibly be to be all that God's called you to be. And it truly is because we're trying to be great leaders. Yep. You know, we're trying to be healthy. And uh, so go back and, you know, listen to some of the episodes. Uh, again, we, we kind of used it throughout the season, the lowest hole in the bucket. Like, dig into that topic that was your lowest hole. Go back through it. Like, see see how you have progressed throughout this journey together. Share it with your friends. Again, thank you so much uh, for subscribing and for joining us. And uh, we believe in you. We're cheering you on because we know you're made for more.